Off the Groove with Scotty Dubler. It's Friday, September 8th, 2023. Episode number 238 is coming at you. Thank you, Haley, for that great introduction. What a great four days of racing in Springfield. It's really unfortunate that that's the end of the season, but it was four awesome days of racing, so I guess I can't be too upset about it. Thursday was the AMA District 17 and AMA Vintage National at the short track. I'm going to give you some of the results, not all the results. Uh, the track was good. It was really dry at first, but Steve Nace got that track worked in, and it was very warm, so the sun was out. Track you know, prep took a little bit longer than normal, but we got all the racing in, and man, it was a great day of racing with 167 riders, 36 heat races, three semifinals, and 23 main events. Some of the highlights for me, uh, the first race of the night was the 250 to open class, basically 250 open amateur. Walker Porter, the Alabama slammer, would go on to take the win. He's only 14 years old, and that means he's legal to race on a 450. The 94 of Caden Cox was second, and Caden Cox was fast all weekend long there, Thursday and Friday at the short track. The 66 of Alex Sandoval was actually charging really hard. I was really proud of Big Red. He had a good weekend from Abingdon, Illinois. Fourth was Brady Lang, and fifth was the 9 of Ethan Rosine. That was 250 to open amateur. 450 amateur class was the 10 of Walker Porter, again taking the win. 66, Alex Sandoval moved all the way up to second. Carson King was third. Cole Jose... I don't remember saying this name much this entire season, but at the start of the year, I do remember saying it down there in Florida. And Cole Jose is from Peach Bottom, Pennsylvania, 16-year-old rider. He's number 13X. I think we're going to have to start remembering that name because he was fast all week, too, or those two days at the short track as well. And then Brady Lang got another fifth-place finish. 66-85cc class, the one in. Little Jack Brooks from Wisconsin would get the win. Braxton Reagan was second. Jackson settled third. Rhett Larson was fourth. And Audie Snelson was fifth. The Vet 25 Plus class, always a good race. The 97 of Cody Kent taking the win. Chaz Parker from Iowa was second. Chase Wright was third. Trent McVeigh was fourth. And the 28, Tyler Porter. I love Tyler Porter. Haven't got to see him for quite a while. He used to be uh, the guy that was in charge of Fight for DT or Fight for Dirt Track back on the uh, Flat Track Forum and on, of course, Facebook. He was fifth. 201 to 250 cc amateur class the 13 jack brooks taking the win he's 13 years old but he's up there on the 250s and according to ama rule book you have to be two you know 12 years old or older so jack wins the 201 to 250 cc class cody mishy from ohio was second Braden huff was third holden condert was fourth and the 18 of trevor tidwell was fifth 251 to 450 amateur class the 10 of Walker Porter would win another one. So that's three wins there on Thursday for Walker Porter. And I'd like to point out, too, that he crashed really hard in tournament three on the short track in practice. He got in there a little bit too hot. And if you've never been to the Springfield short track, they kind of build up the racetrack in the corners, a little bit of banking. And so it drops off. And then there's a bunch of hay bales. And then there's like what they call bicycle rack to separate the racetrack from the you know, the pit area down there. Well, Walker Porter got off the racetrack. I saw a picture of him way up in the air, and uh, he would rebound from that big crash in practice to go on to win three races there on Thursday at the short track. Cole Jose was second. Rosine was third on the nine bike. Carson King was fourth, and the 67 Vincent Young was fifth. And I was saying that name all wrong all day. There was a couple of the Youngs, but it's J-U-N-G. They're from Iron Ridge, Wisconsin. I was correct a little bit later on in the day, but Vincent Young would finish out fifth. 
another one of my favorite classes, the senior 40 plus class. Greg Boyle found the outside line there late in the uh, evening as the moisture would come up. He would go around the outside from about fifth place, got a bad start, would take the win. Ben Knight was second. And John Nunez from King City, California, always comes to the Springfield short track. And he's usually up front in every race, but he would settle for third today. Well, that was Thursday at the District 17 and AMA Vintage National Race. On Friday was the AMA All-Star National Flat Track Series. 165 riders, 31 heat races, 9 semifinals, and 10 main events because there was 10 classes. What I, what I have to say is I love announcing at the Springfield Short Track. A lot of people will stop by and talk to me because I'm right there on the concourse level. You know, the sound guy, Ben, was right beside me. Uh, saved some seats for my friends right beside him up there on the concourse. That's usually where Graham and Pa sit. But it's it's so much fun because a lot of folks will stop by. And, you know, during some downtime, people will stop by. I, I signed a lot of autographs, which it's, you know, I'm still humble about that because I think I've signed more autographs as an announcer than I ever did as a racer. And it's, it's still pretty cool. You know, I, I mean, some people remember me from when I raced, but I also have to remember that I stopped racing 21 years ago, you know, on the Grand National Circuit. So that's a long time, you know, and people do forget about that. Um, but what I did find out is a lot of people that were there, you know, read the AMA magazine back in June. You know, I was humbled by it. I signed a lot of autographs and also Masa from Japan came over, brought me a few different magazines. And he told my girlfriend, Michelle, that I'm very famous over in Japan. And I was just like, I find that, you know, so hard to believe. And it's so cool at the same time. Tim from Pro Plates actually got me fooled too. He uh, he walked up behind me and I was actually still announcing. He goes, he whispered in my ear. He goes, hey man, you got a Sharpie? And I'm like, sure. He goes, I need to get this one thing autographed. So I thought I was just going to let him borrow my Sharpie. So I handed it to him and then he peels the plastic off and it's a number 43 number plate. Uh, one of one that he made because he didn't have one of my signed number plates. So he peeled the plastic back. I signed it for him. Of course, I had to take a picture of him as soon as I got a break and uh, that's pretty cool to have, you know, the guy who makes the number plates ask you for an autograph for a number plate for his collection. So that was pretty neat. Uh, Ken K, one of my friends on Instagram, actually brought me a little sampler box of root beer. I believe there's five different kinds of root beer in there, and there's two of each. So I got those in the fridge right now, trying to get cooled down so I can try those. And and I still think Sprecher root beer is my favorite, but Ken K said, well, you don't know if it's if it's the best out there until you try all of them. And he brought me a, a couple of beef sticks. Uh, so, you know, that was pretty cool. And then, of course, Jack Brooks and then his family always make sure I get Sprecher root beer. And then Declan Bender brought me a different flavored Sprecher, like a cherry flavored root beer, cherry flavored soda. So I guess it's kind of like, I, th I think they call it Dr. Sprecher. So it's kind of like Dr. Pepper. So I haven't got to try that just yet. But that's just, you know, a few of the people that stopped by up there in the announcer's booth there on Friday. Again, 10 different classes were racing there at the short track on Friday night. Open Pro-Am class, the 10 of Walker Porter would take the win. The 88, Braden Fanders put on a heck of a battle. He ends up second. Jordan Jean was flying all day long at the short track as well. In the 56 bike, he was third. Cole Jose was fourth. And Blake Steinwagner from Marissa, Illinois was fifth. Declan Bender was riding a Stark Varg, which is a Swedish-made bike that's built over in Barcelona, and it's an electric motorcycle. Dan Johnson, who is my former boss at AMA Pro Racing, actually is in charge of that team. 
He's like out there trying to push and get more Stark Vargs over here and more Stark Varg dealers over here in the United States. So it was cool to catch up with uh, Dan Johnson and then to see Declan Bender on that bike for the very first time was you know very interesting. They put some different suspension on there off of a, a different kind of flat track bike. I'm not going to name any brands, but they lowered it down and he can actually pop a cell phone looking thing out of the crossbar pad and change the horsepower change of so many things on this motorcycle so i think if they had more time to ride that bike and and dial it in it would definitely get faster race number two the Boltaco astro invitational cup race the 48n would take the win that's rob mcclendon from pensacola florida the 15 of gonzo garth brow was second he had one heck of a time getting there from tampa florida just barely made it there in time. And Ronnie Jones from Oklahoma City would get third. Smoking Joe Cop won the heat race, but then he broke right off the starting line. And Ronnie Jones fell off going into turn number three. So he fell off, got up, and still managed a third place finish. That's my hero, Ronnie Jones. And I just want to point out that this class was sponsored by Memphis Shades, Motion Pro, Barnett Clutch, and Rick Frisk. Open singles amateur class, the 10 would take the win. Walker Porter, Cole Jose was second. 68, Jason Straw Jr. was third. Fourth was the seven of Sam Drain. And fifth was Ethan Rosine. 85cc class, my man Jack Brooks would take the win. The 84, Braxton Reagan was second. And the third place goes to Camlin Durrell. And I made a mistake. And I, of course, owned up to it because uh, I'm not perfect. I don't think anybody is. But I said Camlin was a little girl because Camlin was riding out there and has long blonde hair, and I, I knew better than that, but I made a mistake, so then Camlin came all the way up to the booth to tell me that he's not a girl, he's a boy, and he's 12 years old. I guess I must have said he was 11 at some point, but Camlin was named after Davy Camlin, so uh, Davy actually texted me, uh, Davy Durrell texted me and said that when they were getting ready to have birth, they kind of was a last minute, hurry up, let's go to the hospital, well, when I got there, when the baby was born, Davy Durrell was wearing a Davy Camlin shirt. So they named the baby Camlin Durrell, the little boy. And he runs number 27 to, of course, honor Davy Camlin. 450 amateur class, the 13X, Cole Jose would take the win. He was the first guy to beat Walker Porter, who would settle for second. Carson King was third. The 9 of Rosine was fourth. And the 58, Dylan Durrell, that's Camlin Durrell's older brother, would be fifth. Race number six, I've got the top three for the open vintage class. Lexi Young would take the win. The 64, Charlie Roberts, was second on the Boltaco, and the 42 of Perry Deke was third. So Lexi was a young little female racer. She's 15 years old from Wisconsin. She got the win in the open vintage class. Senior 40-plus class, 79, Rob McClendon would get the victory. 202 is Rick Ivey would be second. 27C, Greg Boyle. He didn't go up there and try the high line that worked so good for him on Thursday night, so he would settle in there for third. Race number nine, 250 amateur class, 13. Little Jack Brooks from Nina, Wisconsin would get the win. Trevor Martin riding a different motorcycle would be second. Sam Drain was third. Braden Huff was fourth. And Trevor Tidwell rounding out your top five. Race number 10, part of the Grand National Hooligan Championship Series. The 34, Jeremy DeRider would take the win. DJ Slosser was second, so Wisconsin first and second. Lowell Bronstad, third from Minnesota. Blake Berry was fourth, another Wisconsin rider. And the four of Alex Childs from Georgia would be fifth. And the pro class. They call it All-Star Singles, racing for a little over $1,755, I believe, to win the main event. And this was probably one of the best races of the night. Uh, Davis Fisher was fast all day, but got a bad start. He actually got second in his heat race. But he put on a charge in that main event and would take the victory. 
after getting engaged the night before to McKenna. So Davis Fisher starting the weekend off great with getting engaged, then winning the All-Star Singles main. Second was Aiden Rusevens. Third was Jordan Jean. Fourth was the 62 of Dan Bromley. And fifth was the three of Smokin' Joe Cop. Kind of struggled off the starting line. He won the heat race, but just couldn't get going. And that's your top five in the All-Star Singles class that was on Friday night at the short track. Saturday at the Springfield Mile. Let's talk about the Parts Limited AFT Singles, sponsored by Kicker first. It was Tom Drain setting the quick time, the Pronto Parts Plus Pole Award, a 36.592. And that was actually in the first qualifying round, as it seemed like the track would slow down all day long. And I don't know if there was that much, you know, it was warm. There was not one single cloud in the sky. So that's, I'm sure, part of it. But I think the second day, there was a lot more moisture in the racetrack. So they're always worried about that R word. You know, Burt Sumner doesn't actually say the whole word. And I, I try not to on race day, but that rain word, you know, uh, we rained out there last year. So everybody's, you know, kind of being careful of how much moisture they put on the racetrack. But it just, it just looked like it continued to dry out on the first day. The second day, the track was much better. In the heat races, it was Drain taking the win of Heat 1 ahead of Sadoff, Cody Kopp, Declan Bender, Trent Lowe, and the 52 Shane Exeter Bauman. In heat race number two, man, we had a crazy crash. The 14 of Damon Ream would crash down the back straightaway. And by the time the camera picked him up, he was already up and on his feet and walking around. I heard later on, and I talked to him, that he was pretty sore. But somebody's bike in front of him either missed a gear or had just a miss or maybe they checked up. But Damon got into the back of somebody and went down and it was a one rider crash, which that's awesome. Because when there's more than one rider, especially on a straightaway, there's never a good outcome. But that was heat race number two. Morgan Mishler would go on to win that one. Trevor Bruner was second. Travis Petten was third. Gautier fourth. Rusevens fifth. And... Chad Coase would get the last transfer spot. That would force his teammate, Ott, to go to a last chance qualifier. Ott would go on to win that last chance qualifier ahead of Maxwell, Hunter Bauer, Terrence Santero, the 55 of Raggio, and the 63 of Jared Lowe. In the Al Lamb Dallas Honda Challenge, man, the 59 was just flying all day long, and we expect him to go good. You know, he only weighs 105 pounds before he puts his leathers on, and that's a huge advantage when you come to mile racing. But Drain would go on to win the dash, uh, Sadoff was second, Bruner was third, and Mishler back there, way back and forth, and he was kind of hunting around, you know, looking at the high line, looking at the low line, just to see what he could do. In the main event, Cody Kopp would have one heck of a battle. He actually sat back there in second most of the race. The lap leaders were Tom Drain leads 12 laps, Chase Sadoff leads four, and Cody Kopp only leads two laps. He led lap 11 and lap number 18. Well, lap 18 is the one that counted, but it was a battle between drain and sat off most of the way through it was just incredible to watch those two go at it with cody cop would sit in the middle so they were both using the they're both using the double draft pass to get to the lead leaving cop right there in the middle well that was fine and danny till coming off of turn number four coming to the finish line cop finally pulls out at the last second and actually tucks his throttle arm underneath tom drain's handlebar and sneaks by to get the win by point zero one zero seconds over Drain. Sadoff was third. Bruner was fourth. Mishler was fifth. Declan Bender going for the rookie of the year. He was sixth. James Ott, who came from the last chance qualifier, had the fastest lap of the main event. So what could he have done if he would have started, you know, near the front or started, 
you know, from the heat race without running that last chance qualifier. But uh, James Ott had the fastest lap of the main with a 37.851. He would finish seventh. Trent Lowe was eighth. Maxwell was ninth. And Chad Coast rounding out your top 10. So, again, what a race it was. And it came all the way down to the line. And that's what we want at the mile races. It was an impressive pass for Cody Cop to, you know, lower that arm and go by and take that victory. That was good enough for Cody Cop to lock up the championship. He was ahead by 35 points going into their final round weekend with two races available. So if he was ahead by 25 points or more after the first day, he would lock up the championship. But he went out there and won the race anyway. With that win, Cody Cop is now second on the all-time win list of the AFT singles class with 15. And here's one that's kind of stuck out for me. It was his first mile win in the Parts Limited AFT singles class. And it was also his eighth win of the season, which now ties Dallas Daniels for the most wins in one se- single season for the Parts Limited AFT singles. Let's shift gears to the Mission Super Twin, sponsored by SNS Cycles. Your fast qualifier was Brandon Robinson. That was the first qualifying session of 35.018. In the heat race, it was the three of Briar Bauman turning up the wick. Second was Davis Fisher. Third was your fast qualifier, Robinson. Fourth was Henry Waz that looked good all day long. Fifth was Johnny Lewis. And sixth was Bronson Bauman. So the 20 bike of Jared Vandekoy on the, you know, the borrowed motorcycle, the JMC team teamed up with the Wally Brown Racing. So Vandekoy out there would miss the direct transfer in the heat race. So he'd have to go to a last chance qualifier. But it was good to see, you know, Vandekoy trying something different. You come to the last round, you know, why not? Try to see if the KTM is the way to go for next year. Heat race number two, it was the one of Jared Meese and the 32 of Dallas Daniels. The points contenders squaring it off and going to work in the first, in, I'm sorry, in the second heat race. Meese would get the advantage. Daniels was second. His teammate, JD, was third. Ben Lau was fourth. Cameron Smith was fifth. And the 36 of Colby Carlisle would get the final transfer spot. In the last chance qualifier... The 92 of uh, Brandon Price would take the win on the Memphis Shades uh, Henderson Racing Products Yamaha. Wells was second. The 42 of Jeremiah Duffy was third. The 20 of Vandekoy was uh, down there in fourth. 223 of Jeffrey Lowry and Dan Bromley sneaking in with that last transfer spot. The Mission Super Twins Dash, the Too Fast, Too Tasty Mission Challenge race would go to Jared Meese. Breyer was second. Daniels was third. And Davis Fisher was fourth. So no big surprises right there in that one. And that would set up for the main event. Saturday's main event would be dominated by Jared Meese. He would lead 23 of the 25 laps. Breyer found some speed and got up there for a little while and led lap 16 and 17. Uh, but just didn't have anything for Meese at the end. Meese would check out and win by 0.34 seconds over the three of Briar Bauman. Brandon Robinson had the fastest lap of the main event with a 36.527, but would settle for third. Fourth was J.D. Beach, and fifth was Dallas Daniels back there battling with his teammate and just kind of lost touch with the leaders. So Daniels would finish fifth, Davis Fisher sixth, Ben Lau seventh, Jared Vandekoy eighth, Henry Wiles ninth, and Bronson Bauman finding some speed on that fast track racing KTM would finish up back there in 11th, just behind Johnny Lewis, who was 10th. With that win, Jared Meese is now 11 points ahead of Dallas Daniels. He also has 72 wins in his career. Kenny Tolbert has 133 wins as a tuner, so he is second behind one man, Bill Warner. So Kenny needs 16 more wins to tie Bill Warner, 17 to take the to lead. And also Craig Rogers now has 77 wins as a team owner. So 
Meese, if he decides to come back, which I believe he is going to, he told Kristen during the awards banquet that he wants 10. Now, finally, 10 is a goal. You know, he said he wanted to get nine to tie. That was not a goal, but a mission. He wanted that ninth championship to tie Scotty Parker, but now he has a goal of 10 to be the winningest as far as championships go. And with the 72 wins, he needs six more to tie Chris Carr for second all-time, which he could do that in one season if he keeps it going. Uh, but, yeah, Meese is you know 11 points ahead of Dallas Daniels going into the final round. Sunday, the season finale, a much better track and much faster track. There was a few clouds that definitely helped, but I think you know after you race the first day, you can see what the track did. You can go back and make some changes, how they prep it, maybe dig it up a little bit different, pack it back in different, put more water on there. And early in the day, we had some guest announcers, which was hilarious. My producer, Brad Jones, stepped in there, and Jason Andrews, who is in charge of the three-play, which is like the replay machine. He does all the highlights. If we go to a replay during a race, that's all Jason Andrews. Jason Andrews stepped in and sat in Ralph's seat, and Brad stepped in and sat in my seat. And he basically came in, opened the door, and says, all right, you guys get up. So Ralph and I, Ralph went shopping. I went and watched the track. I, you know, I love seeing the track and how it changes because when you're up there, you know, kind of close, you can see what the track's doing. I got some cool videos on my phone and there's kind of was just kind of hanging out. And they announced for, I think, a full round of, of practice and qualifying. They announced during one of the breaks, too. We just kept going. So uh, they did a good job. But it's always fun, you know, like the last day of school to do some different things out there. And and Brad Jones and, and Jason Andrews did a great job. Uh, the Parts Unlimited AFT Singles presented by Kicker Class. Uh, the fast qualifier picking up the Pronto Parts Plus Pole Award goes to the 21 of Trevor Bruner with a 36.449. So, again, the track got faster as they went on. The heat races in heat race number one, it was Trent Lowe taking the win ahead of Bruner, who is the fast qualifier. Max was third. Declan Bender was back there in that four spot. Morgan Mister was fifth, and James Ott was sixth. So, on the uh, last day, Ott gets the last transfer spot in the first heat race. In heat race number two is the 59 of Tom Drain, the 88 sat off, the one of Cop. Zabala up there fourth. Uh, Chad Coast was fifth. And the 52 Shane Texter Bauman getting the last transfer spot. The last chance qualifier, 55 of Raggio would take the win. Terrence Santero was second. Travis Petten was third. So three California riders, one, two, and three. Landon Smith was fourth. Jared Lowe was fifth. And the 24 Hunter Bauer was thick, sixth. So while those guys were the guest announcers, they were talking about, you know, sat off and, and he might have a new nickname. So when we got to that uh, Al Lamb Dallas Honda Challenge race, and it was kind of quiet out there. I asked the crowd if they liked Chainsaw for the 88 bike of Chase Sadoff. And the, the description of the reason they're giving him Chainsaw is he cuts through the field. And when I said that, the crowd went crazy and uh, Chase seemed to smile and he seems to like it. But Sadoff would go on and win that uh, Al Lamb Dallas Honda Challenge race, his first one of the season. The 59 Drain was second, Lowe was back there third, and Bruner was fourth. So it's Honda Yamaha, Honda Yamaha in that challenge race. In the main event, this one would be a dogfight, and it was a, a big, big pack of riders. You know, I think at one point there was 11 riders up there battling for the top spot, uh, but Tom Drain would lead 12 laps, Chase Sadoff would lead five laps, and Trevor Bruner would lead one lap, and that was lap number two. But 
check this out. Drain led the first lap, Bruner the second lap, sat off the third lap, Drain the fourth lap, sat off the fifth lap, Drain would go on to lead six, seven, eight, sat off would lead nine and ten, Drain would lead lap number 11, Chase would lead lap 12, and then Drain the last six laps in a row and would pull out the victory by .043 seconds over Chase Sadoff. Sadoff was the only bike in the 36 second range, his fastest lap of 36.904. So as the day goes on, the track will eventually slow down. So, you know, that's part of it too. Keeping up with the changes as the track changes, as the temperature changes and the track slows down, you have to make changes to your motorcycle too. And you have to rely on your mechanics, the stopwatch. And, uh, you know, maybe that was a factor. Who knows? But Drain the winner, Sadoff second, Cody Kopp was third, Bruner was fourth, Mishler was fifth, Trent Lowe was sixth, Declan Bender here going for the rookie of the year. He was seventh, James Ott was ninth, Maxwell was, I'm sorry, Ott was eighth, Maxwell was ninth, Cole Zabala running out your top ten. And one thing that Kristen Beat actually reported is Cody Kopp won the race on Saturday, locked up the championship, and then gives up his primary bike to Maxwell to try to get Max up there further in the points and try to get Max in contention for the win. And he just, uh, you know, struggled in the main, ended up ninth. So Cody's actually on the half-mile bike and still finishes third. So that was your Parts Limited AFT Singles sponsored by Kicker main event. Taking a look at the point standings as we finish up. Cody Cop, your winner, 351 points, 8 wins with 11 podiums. Tom Drain, second, 310 points, 4 wins, 10 podiums. Trevor Bruner went in up third. 305 points. Trevor had two wins. Chase Sadoff would be fourth on the 88 bike. He had six second place finishes. He's so close, still looking for his first win. And Maxwell running out your top five. Got a win early on in the season at round number three at Sonoya. And then kind of struggled a little bit according to his normal stats. And, you know, there's some several fourths and fifths. There was an 18th at the Orange County half box. He fell off there. But, you know, and wrapping up the season with two ninth place finishes, Mac. Max cannot be happy with his results at Springfield. Mission Super Twins Fast Qualifier. And this guy was fast through both sessions of practice and both sessions of qualifying. So number one, looks like we're going to have a repeat of Saturday. Jared Meese is quickest lap of 3.5.4. Actually a 3.5.337 in that second round of qualifying. So the track, again, about a second and a half faster early in the day during qualifying. So that was bad news for everybody else. So Meese would go on to win heat race number one ahead of Davis Fisher. Bronson Bauman had a good run, was third. J.D. Beach fourth, uh, Johnny Lewis fifth, and Ben Lau was sixth. Heat race number two, Breyer would go on to win with a, a fast lap of a 36.628. So just between uh, you know qualifying and heat race number two, the track slows down a second, 1.3 seconds actually, but Breyer would go on to win. Daniels was second, Wiles was third, the 44 Robinson was fourth, Carlisle was fifth, and Brandon Price would get sixth and go directly to the main event. The last chance qualifier, the 20 bike of Vandekoy would be tough, and he would win. John Cox was second, Lowry third, Bromley fourth, Stallings would be fifth on the Weirbach Racing Kawasaki, and Cameron Smith making an end out of that last chance qualifier. In the Mission Too Fast, Too Tasty Challenge race, it was the one taking the win over Breyer. So now it looks like we got Meese with a fast qualifier, heat race win, and the dash win. Setting up for another victory on the mile is the one bike. Breyer had the fastest lap of the dash with a 36.734. Again, the track continuing to slow down. 
in the Mission Super Twins main event, the final race of the day of the season. Again, 25 laps just like the day before. But it was Briar Bauman coming out with the win, a 3.5.920 seconds. And he would get the win over Jared Meese, who is uh, 0.075 seconds behind Briar. So Briar, his first Springfield mile win. Meese will finish second. Davis Fisher got up there and got that third spot right there near the end, just ahead of Dallas Daniels. Robinson was fourth. J.D. Beach is fifth. Bronson Bauman, I'm sorry, J.D. Beach was sixth. Bronson Bauman seventh. Ben Lau eighth. Henry Wiles ninth. And Jared Vandekoy rounding out your top ten. So looks like we have three KTMs in the top ten spots. So my question to you folks is, you know, our sports kind of monkey see, monkey do. Will we see even more KTMs next year? Briar Bauman would lead 14 laps, Jared Meese would lead 10, and Dallas Daniels led the first lap. So all season long, I was keeping track on my phone, on my notes, the points between first and second, the whole season. After Daytona 2, Meese was already 18 points behind Dallas Daniels. After round number 3 at Sonoya, Meese was 14 points behind Dallas. After Arizona, the Super TT, remember, Meese fell off when we finished 6th. Now he's 21 points behind Dallas Daniels. After the Texas half mile, he's 17 points behind Dallas. After Ventura, 24 points behind Dallas Daniels. After Sacramento, he's 20 points behind. After the Red Mile, 16 points behind. And here's where he starts closing the gap. After DeCoin, just 9 points behind Dallas. After Lima, it goes back up a little bit to 12 points behind Dallas Daniels. After Mineral Wells, just 5 points behind Dallas Daniels. And now for the first time of the season, Meese will be in the lead by two points over Dallas Daniels after that New York round. After New Jersey, Meese is back behind Dallas by two points, so they're going back and forth. And then it sounds like, you know, it seems like it doesn't change much from here on out, but Peoria, Meese was up by one, so that was the last change in the points. Meese was up by five after Rapid City, and after Castle Rock, you know, Dallas got the win. He was only Mies was only ahead by one point coming to the championship round. So, you know, what a hard-fought battle between those top two. And if you take one of those riders out, the other one would have been the championship, you know, winner, no problem. But, you know, Dallas went on a string of, of podium wins for a while, and then Mies fin- finishes up with 14 podiums in a row. So spectacular seasons for bo- both Jared Mies and Dallas Daniels. But Mies winning the championship with 388 points, nine wins, 14 podiums. Dallas was second, 372 points, 5 wins, 15 podiums. JD was third, 2 wins, 8 podiums. Briar with those 2 wins and 9 podiums, an excellent first year for the uh, KTM. And then Davis Fisher, his worst finish of the season, a ninth. So he's Mr. Consistent, you know, consistent and gets on the podium for the second time of the season. Right there at the season finale, he was on the podium also at Daytona 2. So a good season by the 67 of Dash and Davis Fisher. So that would be Mises' ninth championship, which was an, an incredible stat. We talked about that, or I talked about that just a moment ago. Now we'll shift gears. Sunday night, you know, so I've done four hard days of racing in a row, but Sunday night we didn't have much time, you know, to go back to the hotel, change. I tried to eat a little something because uh, the banquet, you know, was supposed to start at eight with drinks and, and, and some snacks or finger foods, and at nine o'clock was the banquet. So me and Kristen Beat were uh, hosting the banquet. We went down there at about 8.15. They gave us our paperwork. We got to see it for the very first time and, and go through it. So it was just a crazy night, but so much fun to, to do the banquet again with Kristen Beat. This was only her second time to host the banquet with me. I think the last time was 2018. 
Uh, we'll start with the first uh, award of the night was the Brentlinger Award of Excellence to honor Dave and Tyler Brentlinger who lost their lives uh, leaving uh, a race quite a few years ago. So to honor them, the Brentlinger Award of Excellence would go to the Varnes family and they weren't there. They were trying to figure out a way to get home. There's a That's a whole another long story, but Varnes' van broke down the way home. They sent the bikes home with somebody. Then uh, Kevin and, and Sammy Sabedra jumped in with uh, Jake Johnson, actually, who had a van full. So it was just a big, long, drawn-out story, but it, it was a pretty funny one. But uh, again, the Varnes family would rent, win the first award of the night. The second award was the Mobile View Rookie of the Year, and the winner was Declan Bender from Illinois. And to wrap up the season with a sixth and a seventh, his two best finishes of his career at the Springfield Mile and Eisenhardt struggling on that same day. You know, so Declan Bender would go on to win that rookie of the year. The event of the year is the Ventura short track. And I, I would agree with that. To go to a new venue right there on the ocean, the scenery was fantastic. The racetrack went through several changes. And again, first time we raced there. And we also had four classes running there. So what I would like to see next year is either three classes or just our two classes. And that would keep that track a little bit better. Maybe it'd stay a cushion the whole entire night. Uh, the singles class, the singles tuner of the year goes to Charles Merchant, Andrew Butler for the Red Bull KTM team. The manufacturer of the year goes to KTM. And the top three, Cody Copier winner, Drain was second, Trevor Bruner was third. So Cody would pick up the ring from Tom Duma Fine Jewelers. He gets to design that himself. $5,000 from Progressive American Flat Track, $15,000 from Parts Limited. Dunlop Tires gives $2,500 and a guitar. So congratulations to Cody Cop, his second consecutive AFT Singles Championship of the Year. Mission Super Twins, the tuner of the year, of course, no surprise here. Kenny Tolbert, manufacturer of the year, goes to Indian with Meese. You know, with all those wins, he gathered up the most points for not only himself, but for Indian Motorcycle. Top three, Jared Meese taking the win. Dallas was second. JD was third. Jared pocketed $15,000 from Progressive American Flat Track, $5,000 and a guitar from Dunlop. He picked up a Super 73 bicycle. And he gets designed another championship ring. Special thanks to TDFJ, Tom Duma Fine Jewelers. Gene Crouch would go on to end the banquet with uh, letting us know that the schedule was not quite ready to be released yet. But what he did say is we might have a few less rounds. But what they're trying to do is lock in these promoters and racetracks to like three-year contracts. So we can start setting our schedule you know, and we can go to sponsors and say, hey, we're going to be at these races for the next three years. So I like that. I don't like that there's less races. I think, you know, back in the day, I think a good magic number, or a good number is 24. Uh, 24 rounds is a lot. And but if you can kind of, you know, space it out a little bit, I think the, the spacing of the races was incredible this year. I think, you know, I've never been done by September the 2nd or 3rd ever before. You know, usually it goes on to late September, sometimes October. There were some years where we would race and we'd take three weeks off there and then we'd take another couple of weeks off and i just think the season flowed very well this year i thought the schedule was awesome i'm um, hearing a couple of rumors that a couple of the racetracks won't be back next year for different reasons i heard a lot of different rumors so we'll wait we'll wait and see when that schedule does come out but uh, they have said already on some of the commercials that we're starting at bike week in daytona and that'll be on the short track so you know we always get our phones out when Gene comes up there because they always put up the schedule on the slides and everybody takes a picture of it and then they start sending it out. There was just no schedule release. So that was the end of the banquet, which would put a wrap on the 2023 season. I had a great 
year. It was a lot of fun, you know, sitting beside Ralph Shaheen, Kristen beat doing, you know, down, down there doing all the pit reporting, uh, Hannah Lopa filled in for Kristen a couple races and James Raspoli filled in at one race when Ralph was doing world supercross and Roger Hayden also filled in at Daytona. So I got to work with a couple of, a couple of new people, which was a whole lot of fun. Uh, you know, there's a lot going on in those, in those, uh, production trucks. And, and I think everybody that stepped in for the first time, you know, Hannah Lopa stepped in twice. I thought they all did a great job. Uh, it, it definitely helps to have people that know the sport. You know, Hannah's, she knows racing. She comes over from, from Moto America and road racing. And then of course, Raspoli and Raj, they both know flat track. So I thought they did an excellent job. And it was just a, a great season. I had a lot of fun, you know, very few injuries compared to some of our years before. I think that helps, you know, with all the racing and, you know, it's just a great season. It's, it's hard to believe that we're wrapping it up and for six months, I'm going to be unemployed. <laughs> I say that jokingly because I, I do other series and stuff like that. So my season is done with American flat track, but I still have, you know, a couple of back-to-back flat track races coming up this weekend. I've got, uh, Knoxville, Iowa, Matt George, Craig Delansky, the old sprint car driver putting on a race the next weekend. I've got Billings, Montana going on for another uh, friend of mine, Michael Marsh. Uh, also this weekend is Tulsa is racing. There's a double header down there for extreme flat track. And I saw that Midland, Michigan's running up there. That's an RPM race. So there's still more flat track racing going on. They're just not American flat track races. Well, that's all the news. That's my recap of the Springfield short track weekend. It was a lot, but it was a lot of fun. Big thanks to all the fans, especially the ones that stopped by and see me on Saturday or on Friday, you know, where I'm more accessible Saturday and Sunday, you know, I'm locked in a semi trailer. So I don't get to see very many folks, uh, unless I walked out front to the midway area. Uh, thanks to Jim and Pat. Thanks to Tim at pro plates, Tom Duma, you know, he's always supported me. I might start selling the, uh, pendants, the necklaces again. I'll talk about that more, maybe on an upcoming episode. A big thanks to the entire production team. I spoke about the announcers, but you know, the front row, the semis is always, you know, top notch Brad Jones, Todd up there on the front row, uh, Brian Lockwood, Shelby, row number two, row number three, Jason Andrews and his wife, Sable, do an excellent job back there on that third row, you know, and then we got a sound guy, Gabe, you know, we have uh, Zach, my boss, and that's just the people in the semi. We have the uh, hardest working crew. There's a lot of people that, you know, set up and tear down and it goes without notice. Bill, uh, Will, you know, and of course the cameramen, you know, there's different cameramen and women at every track we go to, it seems like, but you know, a lot of them come back every season because they like working for progressive American flat track. Uh, big, big thanks going out to Bert, you know, Bert Sumner. If I don't know any stats or if I don't know the stat I'm looking for, I can send him a text message and, and within moments he'll text me back. And if he's at work or somewhere else, he says, I'll get back to you as soon as I can. But Bert and I go back and forth about the stats and the history of our sport. And, you know, it's an honor to be friends with Bert. And I appreciate all the info that he gives me, you know, for free. And I share his knowledge and, and always, always try to give him credit whenever I can and wherever I can. But thanks to Bert Sumner. And he's just such a cool guy. Also, big thanks to my family and my girlfriend for uh, putting up with my crazy schedule. Um, I'm never home on birthdays. I'm never, ever home on holidays. You know, I've been doing this now for, that's the end of my 15th season with Progressive American Flat Track, and they still put up with it, so evidently it must be worth it. And I know I'm still out here uh, chasing my dream, talking about motorcycles and uh, racing, and, and I definitely appreciate my entire family 
and my girlfriend, Michelle. So that's all I got here on this week on the podcast Off the Groove. Next week, let's figure out what we're going to dive into as we got six months to get ready for the Daytona Short Track. We will talk to you guys next week right here on Off the Groove. <laughs> <laughs>